This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. Podcast number 98 coming to you. Woohoo, two more weeks to the big 100. Looking pretty sharp over there, Barry. Also, had the ratings out for the end of May. I know. Doing so good. Thank you, listeners. They might have a team of 5 million, but we've got a team of about six or 7,000 that keep on tuning into the Bridge Zone. Thank you very much. So we're up to second in the number two show on Free FM. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's great. So I hope they keep on listening after we change to COVID level one. So we've been doing some plans, working up to our 100th show. Last week we said that we've got a new edition, but we kept you hanging. So we are thinking about something. And at the moment, it's called I Don't Know. What about that special guest star? Oh, we're not allowed to tell them, are we? No. On the 100th show, we have got an absolute gobsmack. Special guest star coming in to the show. A superstar. Superstar. Yeah, I guess so. And we're really excited about it. Super, super duper. You're going to love it. Hey, we're talking about 100th. Barry's got this thing to share with everybody. So 100th show for the Bridge Zone. He's going to talk about how young or old people see him. It was a bit sad. This is a work thing. I had this guy walking around a property and he was asking about the other people that were interested in the property. He said, how old are they? And I said, oh, they're about my age. And he said, 65. (laughs) Would you believe it, folks? Is there anybody out there who seriously believes I look like I'm 65? Hey, I was generous. I said you look 60. And I always bang on that he's coming up to 60 and he keeps ramping on. No. Still in my mid-50s. Anyway, worse was to come. He then went on and said, oh, well, you look just like my dad. And he's 65. But he's in good shape. And I thought, oh, great. That means I'm not. I'm sure that when you get back to the bridge table and you see all your old mates, some of them will be looking a bit older. They'll have a few more grey hairs. Hey, but they'd be more IT savvy using that media of BBO. Amazing. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting, isn't it? Final tournament on BBO. Our final tournament. So at the end of Judge Julie's segment, there is confirmation of the BBO Bon Voyage by Bailiff for Patrick Carter. Done a fantastic job. She's also got some news about how much fellow Bridges have donated to Auckland Bridge Club. Another thing, gobsmack. Well done, people. So we've got more interesting stuff from my talk with Wayne Burrows. We talk about Sykesbury. Sykes finally hit the bridge zone. You've been promising that for ages. It's not before time. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. One of the questions that I asked Wayne was, he's a fan of Sykes. He says that it is something in the rules and he is actually against BBO not allowing Sykes because it is part of the bridge 
rules and I was like okay so you can have that and I said to him when you walk into a bridge club do you go up to somebody and say hey where's the site register and he said no he doesn't do it that often <laughs> and what else have you got well we've got Anna Kornikova coming on the show today did I say Anna Kornikova I meant Anna Kalma she of course <laughs> is the Anna Kornikova of the bridge world here in the Waikato bar town teams a yep. little bit about what's happening at Te Araha, when they're going to start play again whether they've lessons. got lessons that sort of stuff yep so normality is going to hit every bridge club next week. Can't wait. I agree. So listen and learn, people. So let's talk about the format of imps and Swiss pairs. Yeah, I think Swiss pairs with imps, probably the most random format. It's certainly very random. Other places do play Swiss pairs with match points, and occasionally that happens in New Zealand, but I've not seen that. A few years ago when Claire and I won the Swiss pairs at Congress in my speech at the prize giving, one of the things I noted is that just a month or so earlier than that, we played the national Swiss pairs and come 25th. <laughs> A meritorious 25th, I think I said. And so it's, I think that just illustrates that the same same people can do relatively poorly one time and then um, relatively well the next time. Do you have any special tactics? I approach Swiss pairs pretty much the same as I approach teams. It's in scoring. Uh, you don't have fixed teammates, so you're playing against an average. I don't really think that I factor that in very much. The best tactic, I think, is to make sure you sit with the cards so you don't have the opponents spitting a string of games and you go minus six imps each time or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's just luck, really. So that, And that, I think that's what contributes to the luck of Swiss pairs. Yeah. There's several times I've played where the luck has been very, very evident when you've you've had had a bad match because you've just sat against the cards. Nothing you can do about it when you're playing against a good pair who's making the most of most of their, most card. of their cards. Yeah. Because someone down the other end of the field is not going to be bidding their games and whatever. So across the average, you'll, you you tend to always lose a handful of imps or so every time the opponent's bid didn't make a game. I just want to ask before we go on to our favourite question for you about psyching. In terms of system, what system do you actually prefer? Do you make your own up? Oh, yeah, I spend a lot of time working on systems, so that's the details of the system rather than the um, the basic system that we're playing on, playing with. When I started playing with Claire, Claire wanted to play two over one, and I told her that uh, that's fine, but that's my least favourite system. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but we still do that. And when I played with Pam, we played. We started off playing anyway, basically an ACL-based system. We morphed that a little bit by introducing a variable no trump so we're playing weak no trump some of the time and strong no trump the rest of the time the different than lots of other people we did that primarily or almost exclusively on position so first and second seat we played weak no trump and third and fourth seat we played strong no trump why would that be what benefit or advantage does that have instead of playing it on vulnerability well, especially when you're vulnerable, third and fourth seat, opening a weak no trump is quite dangerous because you have a weak no trump and partner's already passed, so they don't have much. Yeah. So you're looking at, if partner doesn't have some points for you, you're looking at going for hundreds every time you go down, so mm-hmm. you're, you're, there's some danger there. The reason I changed was I thought playing weak no trump that have all this system, stamen and transfers and then follow-ups from those things that help us get to good games and then slams. But when you open a weak no trump, relatively rarely do you have a game when partners are past hand. So I started off thinking, do we need to play a different system after so that we, we get to better part scores more often? And then having done a little bit of work on that, 
I gave up and thought, no, it's much better just to play a strong no trump, and then I can still use all the same machinery, and it's still got some utility. Did you name your system? Oh, well, with Pam, we, we called it PAWS, P-A-W-S, which just stood for um, Pam and Wayne's system. <laughs> nice. And as well as that, what other system? With Andre, and then recently as well with um, George Masters, we played Symmetric Relay, which I really enjoy. So it's a strong club precision type system, but with all of the mechanisms of Symmetric Relays, which were developed by the New Zealander Roy Kerr and others back in the probably 1970s, 1980s, and played been played successfully by a number of New Zealand partnerships over the okay. years, and, and worldwide now as well. I remember during my times as going through intermediate and you do little tweaks on your ACOL version and everything and on the system card you wrote ACOL and I remembered somebody said to me, when you modify ACOL you should call it modified ACOL or ACOL modified because it's not true ACOL and I was like, oh that's a pretty slack name so ours was called bastardised ACOL. <laughs> Sounds as good as any. In the um, official Encyclopedia of Bridge, there's a yep. system that's called um, Stone Age Ackle with Pakistani preempts. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> and just on the same theme, since you're saying naming a system, one year at Congress in the Bulletin, I don't know who, who wrote this, but I remembered it, there were people playing Ackle who were playing four-card majors and five-card majors, and people were playing Ackle with weak no-trumps and strong no-trumps yep. and whatever. So someone decided that Ackle wasn't actually the name of a street in London, which is where the name comes from, but an acronym, and Ackle, A-C-O-L, stood for any count or length. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. We could use that one. So I've got a question about psyching. And are you a master on psyching? I wouldn't call myself a master, but I've engaged over the years. Regularly? I'm not super regular on psyching. Probably... Probably occasionally. So you're not the type of person that walks into a bridge club and says, do you have a psych register? No, (laughs) definitely not. Okay, so let's talk about psychs. When's the right time? Why do you do it? And how do you do it successfully? When's the right time? Well, there are times that are better than others. And I guess the best time is when the vulnerability is favourable. Psychs will sometimes backfire, so you're in big trouble if they backfire, and if you're not vulnerable, it's going to cost less. And also if partners limited in, in their strength, so if they're a past hand, for example, so the, the typical time to psych is third seat, favourable vulnerability. Also, first seat is the best time to preempt, so first seat is the best time, or a good time as well, to psych. Why do you psych? I think the major reason is to um, disrupt the opponents. I guess there's a minor reason that it can be fun. You can tell some fun stories if you've oh my goodness you've psyched <laughs> and it's been successful. But you can also tell fun stories if if you psych and it's not successful. <laughs> Don't really want to pick on anyone. Um, I did psych one time playing overseas and for the New Zealand Open team when we were on Viewgraph with Pam and the opponents eventually doubled us after Pam had raised my psych. On my side of the screen, the double was explained as a penalty double and on Pam's side of the screen, she forgot to ask what the double meant and she raised one level higher, so we got (laughs) got into some trouble. I think I've only heard about one site, actually, sorry, two sites. One was in Palmerston North. Now, does Sean and Tammy Lynch still play? Yeah, Sean and Tammy are still there. Oh, okay. So I remember he psyched and he did one spade and they ended up in this contract. Tammy having some words to say, well, how am I meant to know? 
And that was exactly it. But they did get into an awful contract. And that was many years ago. It was confusing. It was like, well, what are you meant to do? Well, it's not a psych if your partner does know about it. So, it is agreed, isn't so, it? So it's um, you, you shouldn't be... Gross misunderstanding, that's correct, is it? A psych is deliberate and gross misrepresentation of your values or certainly. So I think he opened one spade and he had one. And then it just got progressively worse after that because it was actually her hand. And he thought it was the opponent's hand. I mean, obviously, if you psych, you bit a suit you don't have, and there's a good chance partner's got support, and so you could get raised and get into some trouble if you don't have some way to get out of it after that. So, did we cover the how, sorry? How? We didn't get up to that. So, I'm not sure what you mean by how do you psych. Obviously, you need to do it with a straight face, otherwise, you, if you give it away somehow, then um, the psych's going to be less, less effective. Another way of how, I mean, basically, you're just choosing to bid something you don't have. You might choose that for some particular tactical reason or you might just choose it to try and hopefully pick off the opponent's suit and make it difficult to them. So one of the most common ones is to bid a major that you don't have and hope the opponents can't. I don't have a system don't to have a system defend, defend to find their fit yeah. over that. Yeah. So do you have a system if you believe that it is a site? Oh, well, there are some situations where I think you should have a psych. So one type of psych is called a baby psych, which is a situation where, say, your partner opens and then the opponents make a takeout double and you have a fit, perhaps, for your partner or a long suit of your own. But instead of showing your fit or bidding your own long suit, you bid the other major because you know the opponents. One's made a takeout double and presumably the other's got some support. The partner hasn't bid that suit. So try and pick off the opponent's suit and make it difficult for them to bid. And so... A, a good method there is to play uh, double as penalties. You go to say one heart, double from the opponent for takeout, and you bid one spade. If it's if it is a psych, it's it's the baby psych type position. The next person doubling one spade should show spades. Or if they've got even more spades, just to clear things up straight away, they can just bid two spades and mm. ignore the partner psych. And the other type of situation that happens in the same situation is say it goes one heart. The doubler sometimes has the strong hand that intends to bid a suit. So if it goes uh, one heart doubles and this person psychs one spade and it goes past maybe two hearts from the partner or one no trump or whatever, now the doubler, if they rebid two spades, I play that and I'm just doubling and bidding spades, just ignore the opponents. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you what my hand is and because we know that's a, a common psych situation and that can be extended to other situations where there's maybe a preempt you get the same sort of thing two hearts double two spades is quite quite often used as a psych here so when was the last time you psyched can't this month remember well oh, you can't I haven't, remember. Pla- haven't played this month I'm, i don't psych that often i saw you a couple of times online are you playing regularly online they won't let you psych in those Tournaments? No, no, no sites allowed. Which I no don't, undos. I don't think that's a good rule because psyching is part of the game of bridge. So I think you should be allowed to psych if you if you want to. But um, they, yeah, they won't let you psych in the online tournaments that have been held. I can't remember. I I maybe psych at most a handful of times a year, and most of those are pretty minimal. Over the years, while I'm a big fan of being able to psych, over the years I've discovered that most times where you could psych and be successful, you're just as successful or sometimes more successful if you just make a preemptive bid instead. Okay. Cut the opponents out with bidding space. So, Because one of the common situations, as I said before, is like partner opens a heart, they double, you've got a bunch of hearts, but instead of telling everyone about your heart support, you try and stop the opponents bidding your suit. So over the years I've found it's often more successful to be able to bid three hearts or four hearts 
mm. take away the opponent's bidding space than mm. to um, try and con them out of their spade suit. But even times where I've been successful psyching, I've looked at hands afterwards and I thought I would have been just as successful if I preempted, would have made it just right. as difficult or more yeah. difficult for the opponents. Okay. I think I'm, I'm too raw or green to psych. I look at it and I think, I wouldn't even think about it really. Mm. That would be, yeah, that would be my honest answer. I probably wouldn't even think about it. Or I might question myself, is this the time when you would do that? Oh, I don't know. Could it be? Would it be? And oh, I won't. And then I'd normally pass. <laughs> Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Question one. It's from your number one fan, Nigel Julie. <laughs> this happened to him on BBO, so he didn't actually get any choice. He opened one diamond, and then he realised he had 21 points, and he should have opened two no trumps. And, of course, he was doomed on BBO because you don't get to take any undoes. But he said in real life, he said... And this was the crucial part. If he hadn't taken his pen off the pad, surely he could cross out that one diamond and change it to two no trumps. What do you think, Julie? I think I'm going to cry, is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not on air. Yeah, yes. Oh, Nigella, you're going to break his heart. <laughs> there is a thing, or there used to be a thing, I haven't got the law book in front of me, about when you realise without pause for thought, you went to correct your bid. Now, that phrase, without pause for thought, people did it sort of like without breathing, which is irrelevant, nothing to do with pens touching the paper, nothing to do with anything to do with breathing or anything you do yourself. Once a bid is completed, and on BBI that's when you make the bid, and on written bidding it's when you complete the bit, then you cannot change it unless the director tells you that it's okay because the thing you did was unintended. Making a mistake is not the definition of unintended. So if you have written something down that you intended to write on the paper or pulled out a, a, a bit out of a bidding box that you intended to pull out or on BBO you clicked the bid that you intended to make then under the laws of bridge you are stuck with it. You cannot change it. I don't care whether you've stopped breathing, whether your pen is firmly Cardiac arrest. or your thumb is still on the bidding box card, okay? But he didn't you can't mean to, he didn't it mean without to. calling the director and the director will only allow you to change it if they consider that it was unintended. But he, would, he hadn't completed it, he said. His pen was still on the pad. It looked like one diamond. It was going to be two no trumps. I think Julie's complete. ruling is don't be it. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he really did have diamonds too, so. No matter where he was playing and what form of bidding he was using, in this case, by his own words, he made a mistake. No director is going to allow that to be changed. Well, guess what? I know what the end result's going to be for Nigella Julie. What's that? She's going to be office Christmas cardless. <laughs> you see, I don't direct very often when Nigel's playing. <laughs> if you do, I want to be at the table. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I'm not playing. Got one more question. This is not a Judge Julie question, but it's more of a BBO question. When's the last date for the Auckland Bridge Club sessions on BBO? Patrick starts work tomorrow. Okay.
it is possible some of the other people that have been directing may continue because I'm not too sure what all the clubs are doing. And it's quite interesting. When does Hamilton start back? Next week. Next week. Next week. Patrick will be doing a tournament on Saturday. I'd heard, um, I'd heard that rumour. So that will be the case, and we will have to be sorting out to put something up on the Auckland Bridge Club website so people know what's happening there. We'll have to have a look and see what some of our directors are doing, whether they want to do something or not. I think he said he was going to make it maybe a little bit longer than the normal 18 boards. Yeah, he was talking about 7 o'clock because he's going to place 28. 28? 28. 28. 28 boards starting at 7pm on Saturday as his grand hurrah. Oh, the bon voyage. Is Maria going to have to pay extra money to play 28 boards? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that was a, another question. This is just a gossip question. In terms of the teams, how many people fork up the 50 bucks? I don't know. We had a newsletter that went out last night about what was happening with the club because we're looking at changing some start times and things like that. And it said that the club had received $19,000 in donations oh. and money from the online bridge that was done. Wow, that's good. That is, is amazing. That's amazing. Don't know if that included the, anything to do with the team's entry fees or not. I really don't know. I had a quick read of the newsletter, and I, I can't remember the exact wording of stuff that it had on it. Certainly the club has received a substantial amount of money through donations and things like that, so that has just been absolutely amazing. Oh, no, isn't that great that people do that? Recognize? Yeah, just, yeah, just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I'm sure everyone would like to know that we, re- you know, the club is so appreciative of it. The cost of running a property that's in the middle of one of the most expensive suburbs in the country and all the associated costs for staffing and everything really do make it a very expensive exercise when you can't have people sitting down. And two major congresses, Easter and Queen's Birthday, which weren't run because we were all in lockdown. It is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Applauds to to you and Patrick for the efforts that you did because everybody's showing how much they loved it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah and sure. all the people that helped. I mean, Chris Glyde, Karen Martelletti, Anna Kalmer, Barry Jones. Oh, I suppose I better mention Barry. Jeremy Fraser Hoskin did a few, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, there, was, there were lots of helpers. Yeah, they were great. Lots and lots of helpers. And yeah. I mean, so many people so enjoyed it. So, so very, very good. Well, thank you very much for that. We shall catch up with you again. And I'll see yeah, you at the okay, Spartan teams. And we're lucky today. We've got a conversation with Anna Colmer. She's going to give us all the goss about the up-and-coming Spartan teams. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Mariana. Is that the one and only Anna Kornikova of the Bridge World? <laughs> oh, so if I was as good at bridge as she was at tennis, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing pretty good. I see some really nice results there. It's been like bridge boot camp over the last few months, hasn't it? It's going to get back to some normality next week, isn't it? I hope so. So the first thing that's going to get back to normal is we might be able to get some tournament bridge in. So you're going to tell us about what the first bridge tournament in the north might be, Anna. Well, we've got the go-ahead for old the Spartan team. Yay. We're going a bit off-route. We're going to lease the Hamilton Bridge Club and hope that they're on the 27th of June, a couple of weeks away on Saturday. How are the entries looking, Anna? Is it too early to tell? It's probably too early to 
tell. I think everyone's been holding off wondering what's going to happen. We had two teams entered as of Monday. Too early to tell. We usually get about 30. I'm not sure what's going to happen this time. Plenty of room at the Hamilton Bridge Club to fit in lots of teams. At this stage, we're, we're capping it at 25. Get your entries in soon. I know I've been talking to a lot of people that have said they're going to enter, so make sure you do. In the past, we've had a multi-grade alongside the Open, but we're going to combine them this year. Oh, you are combining? Just nervous, you know, uncertainty about how many people are going to rock up with those. So if you go past the number of 25, Anna, what are you going to do? Keep keep it open? We'll review it. I mean, we weren't even sure what the level was, would be at, and, and we need to work with Hamilton Bridge Club and their requirements as well. Anyone on a waiting list? See what happens. Oh, look, I'm sure you're going to get heaps, Anna. I reckon there's all these bridge players that have been stuck in lockdown or whatever. They're going to be breaking their necks to get to the Spartan teams. I know I am. <laughs> hey, you haven't answered my question either. Does this mean that Hamilton's going to become a spa town for one day? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe we should rename the tournament to Cowtown or something like that instead. Morrinsville <laughs> yeah, might object. <laughs> <laughs> True. Maybe we should say Toga and everyone can come wrapped as Roman in a spa town. So we're going to have the yeah. famed spa town hospitality even though it's in Hamilton? So, I mean, we've, uh, in the past, we've had quite generous um, funding to cover the rental of, you know, we've held it at the event centre in Tiaroa, and we've also had funding to cover, you know, the munches and, and catering. Not so this year because of COVID, so we might have to make some changes whereby anyone that wants to play has to come in and bring them their own lunch. We'll try to make up for it in other ways. Hey, I've entered early, Anna. Are you going to make me lunch? <laughs> you got two like hopes of that. <laughs> hey, look, I'm absolutely fine with anything as long as it's not gluten-free or vegetarian. <laughs> Don't mind him, Anna. He yeah. gets a bit like this on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> so when does Tiaroha and Matamata get back to playing normal bridge? Next week. We're actually restarting lessons at, at Tiaroha as well. I, I, I told the... We only had one lesson before lockdown, so I told the, we had about eight people registered. And we've actually had a few others that, that have put their hand up, and, and they're keen to start from scratch again next week. So not only are we starting Club Bridge next week, but we'll be returning to lessons as well, which is good. What day's the first session, Anna? Tuesday. Tuesday's the big day. But inconvenient for us all, Anna, to have to not get used to our fix of online bridge, won't it be? I know. <laughs> oh, it's been great, though. I mean, I've been, you know, being able to play against some of the best players in, in the world, I reckon. Yeah. As I say, it's been brilliant. So anything else to add in your world of bridge over that way? Just looking forward to getting to see people at the bridge table. And has your mum been playing lots of bridge online? She has been playing a little bit. It took me a while to set her up initially. I've played a few times with her and, and my brother's been playing with her and, and my other brother's been, you know, so uh, she's been enjoying it too. But she hasn't got the hang of the chat functionality of BBO. I think there's a few people like that actually, which is a shame <laughs> because you can actually chat, although some of us probably chat too much. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe. they say that in real life too, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> but there'll be lots of people who just can't wait to get back to face-to-face bridge. Me too. Hey, well, thanks very much for that. We'll make sure that everybody knows and we'll post it on the blurb, but no doubt NZ Bridge website's going to have something to say about your Spa Town team. Good luck with that. Really hope the numbers are high. We'll put our entries in. Excellent. See you later. Bye. Bye. Mariana, Anna really is a great servant of Bridge in the Waikato Bays, isn't she? Very much so. Does lots of stuff. She does. She's really, really good. Do you think she'll bring me lunch? <laughs> like I said, you got two hopes. <laughs>
And one of them's Bob. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so thanks for listening this week. We're going to end the show with a tip from Father Jones. It's not from Father Jones. I stole it out of Winning Duplicate Tactics by David Bird. And it's not a bad tip. When you've got lots and lots of points, more than you need, consider playing in no trumps, even if you've got a fit. Because if you've got lots of points, you'll have to make just as many tricks and no trumps. You'll score better. If you've got, say, 37 points between you, yep. and you're going to bid seven spades, you probably can make seven no trumps with that many points. You've got stacks of points. Oh, I see quite likely to have 13 tricks. And you get that critical extra 10 points that you get for no trumps, which beats all the people in spades. And the other thing is, it'll really annoy them. <laughs> all those people <laughs> <Yeah>. in spades. <laughs> yeah. Because you do. You get a high with the bidding of the grand, and you look at it, you think, oh... Look at that, they've all got 2210. There's these people over there in no trumps, and they've got 2220. Doesn't that just rock your socks? So have a good week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.